You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, welcome to On the Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. I'm joined by Chris Nee, Josh Newberg, and Zach Blostein. Hail, hail, the gang's all here. Uh, Chris is actually staring out the window at the Moore Center right now. He was making weird puppy noises before. Won't do it for us on air, though, because he won't have fun. But we're, we're waiting for recruits to arrive. We're waiting for recruits to arrive. Uh, and that's what the whole podcast is going to be today, about recruiting, and, and mostly focused here on the final week of official visits for Florida State as it looks to round out its uh, recruiting class. So uh, without further ado, let's get into who we're expecting today, starting off with T.J. Davis from Metter, Metter, Georgia. Everything's Metter. better in Metter. <laughs> Chris, go ahead and talk. He's in. <laughs> Chris, go ahead and talk about Well, we're podding already. Let's oh, go. my God. He's got, he's got his big boy pants on ready to go. Davis is a six foot three, 230-pound. He's listed as a linebacker, but FSC's recruiting him essentially as an edge rusher or defensive end. He's a guy that Coach J.P. Papuchas has been on for a few weeks. The whole gang went to see him this past week, locked in an official visit after offering him. It's mainly FSU and Georgia Tech. He told me that he would probably decide coming out a weekend he threw Arizona in there because Arizona just offered him, but he never visited Arizona, and he's not going to Arizona. So it's between the Seminoles and uh, Georgia Tech. Tech's been in it since, real heavy since about mid-December. I think that's when they offered him. They also brought him in for an official visit. Um, so, yeah, it's going to come down to that. He's a kid that wants to stay closer to home. Metter is towards Savannah. Is it's probably the best way of describing it. It's away from Tallahassee. Yeah, so it's a little bit closer to Atlanta than Tallahassee, but it's not a drastic difference between the two. Yeah, it's in between Macon and, and Savannah, somewhere in between yeah. those two. Uh, Zach, you put in a crystal ball for T.J. Davis. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Are are you trying to are you just trying to beat me to the to the gun now beat me to the jump after uh, after I got Williamson last weekend I think that's what this is all about. Uh, I just heard um, that he was going to make a decision coming out of the weekend, so I had to put in a pick. Um, but uh, but you beat me on that Sydney Williams pick. I just I just put one in and didn't realize that. Oh, you were did already... you? Oh my goodness! All right, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit. What was that, Chris? Have him talk about Sydney. Oh, I will, because he wrote a really good story about it. Sorry, I, uh, we need to get our like our body language going here. <laughs> Josh, what do you? Any thoughts on on Davis before before we move on to Sydney Williams here? No, I think um, I think Florida State has a good shot at landing both. All right, well, let's talk about Sydney Williams uh, because he's a newer name. Zach kind of stumbled on him, or not stumbled on him, but just kind of uncovered him. A week ago, saw that Florida State was in the mix with him. I was sitting next to him in the Moore Center on Sunday, so less than a week ago. Uh, Florida State's been on him for about two weeks or so. He's from Mobile, Alabama. Zach, you wrote a really good story and spoke with Sidney Williams. Uh, he's a three-star athlete, but mostly a cornerback safety type for Florida State. Uh, what did you learn from Sidney and talking with him, and, and how did Florida State really kind of get in on, on a guy who's been kind of under the radar? Yeah, so like you said, he's kind of been, you know, lost in the recruiting industry just for a little bit. Um, basically, what he explained to me was in the spring, 
he said that everyone thought he was going to he, – he has a really nice offer list. If you look on his profile, he's got like Georgia, Auburn, LSU, all those top-tier schools. So at some point, he was he was being recruited by the heavyweights. Um, so basically what he explained was that everyone thought he was going to either Auburn or LSU. And then in the, or right after spring ball, I think in the summer when he was working out, he hurt his thumb pretty bad and had to have surgery on it. Um, so that prevented him from, you know, getting some conditioning in, in the summer and probably hindered his, uh, fall camp. And then about three games into the season, he tore his labrum and had to get surgery again. So that was, you know, something that, uh, probably turned off, turned away a lot of colleges just because he didn't have a lot of senior tape and they probably, you know, have other options. So I, I can't, you know, me and Brendan, like you said, we watched his tape. Um, I don't know if that was his junior tape or his senior tape. I, I think I have to go look back at that, but he was really impressive. Um, he's lengthy. He's got some, you know, good size. I, I just think, you know, I think it's a good, it's a good find by Florida state. He has a relationship with coach uh, Marcus Woodson, the new defensive back coach at Florida state. So, you know, I think, I think this is a solid option for them. Obviously if things don't go well with, uh, safety target Donovan Kaufman, who's um, presumably leaning towards Ole Miss at this point. Uh, I think he's a, a solid backup option in that case. Chris and I were talking about that right before we were recording the pod with, with Donovan Kaufman uh, seeming like an Ole Miss. Let's talk about Kaufman real quick. It's not an official visit because you mentioned him, Zach. Chris, uh, do you think it's a one or the other type of deal with Williams? And secondly, uh, maybe just update the people on, on Kaufman where that stands right now. Yeah, I do think it's one or the other. They're not exactly the same. They both definitely could play safety, but they're very different types of bodies, skills, all those things. But they're both, in my view, a safety at the end of the day. That's the position they You think fill. everyone's a safety or a guard? Um, it's worth mentioning Williams has yet to be offered by FSU. I think some of that is waiting to see what Kaufman's going to do because they're in a bit of a numbers crunch with high school with filling out the high school class portion of this. They're also probably going to add some grad transfers down the road, but they're looking at three to five spots at most remaining. So it's not like they can just take both and keep on counting. It's right. why we've seen some movement on the board. They maybe could. If they have three yeah, they. I mean, it could happen, yeah. but it's not definite. But I think if you see a Williams offer, it's leaning more towards they don't believe they're getting Kaufman. With regards to Kaufman, still committed to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was in for the in-home yesterday. FSU was in the day before, which would have been Wednesday. Ole Miss is due, and on Saturday, no visit for him anywhere this weekend. It's going to come down to those three. I don't expect him to sign with Vanderbilt. I, I would lean towards Old Miss right now, but I don't know definitively based on anything I've heard from him at FSU or even at Old Miss that says definitively he's going to one or the other. I know Old Miss has confidence they have truthfully for about 10 days now, dating back to his official visit there. So I'm sorry, about seven days. Time moves fast when recruiting is <laughs> happening. Um, but we shall see. He is going to decide Monday. He is going to inform the schools on Monday. He's going to unveil his decision on Wednesday. All right. So the last known official visitor that we have at least confirmed right now we're waiting for, and I don't think he'll be here today, that's DJ Lundy. He's a three-star. Is he technically a linebacker, running backer? He's an athlete, I believe, but but looked at FSU as a linebacker from uh, – from Irwin County, which is about two hours from Tallahassee, kind of outside Tifton, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, Josh, what do you know about uh, about Lundy? What are your thoughts about his presence here this weekend? He's a three-star athlete. Florida State is recruiting him as a linebacker. We got him at six foot one, two thirty. He was a late addition to the visitor list um, this week. It kind of developed late. 
and he added FSU. Um, he's cur- he's also visited Virginia Tech and Georgia to this point, and Lundy is a standout wrestler. He's undefeated on the current season and a two-time state champ. Um, so I like what he brings to the football field, physicality and all that, but the wrestling might get in the way. Uh, Zach learned yesterday that Lundy's not going to arrive to campus until tomorrow afternoon. Is that correct, Zach, you said, or tomorrow morning? Yeah, I'm assuming the wrestling tournament's going to happen kind of like in the morning to midday. So the wrestling tournament's on Saturday, which means, you know, by the time Lundy makes it to campus, we're looking at an early afternoon, early evening, best case scenario. And then, unfortunately, due to the dead period that starts on Sunday night, Florida State staff cannot have contact with them on Monday. Normally, if if official visitor got there on Saturday, you know, they could stay through Monday, but that will not be the case. Now, Lundy can remain on campus on Monday, but he cannot have any contact with the Florida State coaching staff in person after midnight. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if Florida State can make the impression in about a in about a 24 hour window. And if that's going to be enough to, to land him, um, is Josh, do you know if, is he a take for Georgia? Yeah, that's what I was going to get okay. to. If you didn't interrupt me, if I could just Sorry. take a breath, Brendan. Um, no, I checked with uh, rusty Manziel over at our Georgia site yesterday. And I did indeed confirm that he is a take. Um, Georgia has a spot. They want him. So we'll see what happens. Just add a couple of things. Coach Schumann from Georgia was doing earlier in the week. Coach Fuente and Virginia Tech is doing today for their last in home. I believe FSU went in on when did they set this official up? Wednesday night? Yeah. Thursday? So I was sleeping when you when, I think it was Wednesday me. night. So I, I believe that's when FSU went in. Um, he is going to announce on National Signing Day is his current plan. It's FSU, Georgia, Virginia Tech are the three that are in this. FSU's got ground to make up on those other two. If Georgia can take them, I think he ends up at Georgia. I woke yeah. up. I, woke I, up. I have a hard time seeing. We don't want to know what you woke up doing, Brendan. I have a hard yes, time. You do. This fun. is DJ Lundy's first trip to Florida State, correct? That we know of. Yeah. I just don't know if FSU's yeah. be able to land him on a on a thirty hour visit for you know one time three days before signing signing day. I think I'll I'll continue to check with with Rusty, but if if Lundy is indeed a take for Georgia in the end, then that's where I think he ends up. Yeah, some of the people at his school have brought kids down here in the past, so he may have ended up here on a visit in the past because they'll bring groups, and I'm talking like eight to ten kids, um, and. You know, last time I remember that was last spring. There was a group from Irwin County that came down, but I don't remember specifically Lundy being among that group. Lundy's a guy that's won interest from FSU, and you know, FSU's kind of kicked the tires, but old staff and new staff on them, but they never really went on him until this past week. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say when before Josh interrupted me. <laughs> tables turned. Uh, I woke up to like a like a flurry of text messages. He was on Tuesday or Wednesday night when they offered him. And set up the or not excuse me offer when they set up the official visit and I've seen DJ Lundy's name it was like a weird dream because I'd mentioned to his, his name to the last staff like a year ago and nothing no interest and and I, it was a surprising I know that the pre this current staff was aware of him as well and yeah all of a sudden he's on the radar I like him a lot he's not super athletic but he's got quick feet uh, fairly flexible and he's a thumper so if that's what you need. Uh, he, he he brings that uh, to the table. All right, so that's everyone that we have right now confirmed for official visits. 
what are your guys' thoughts? I know we see this on the message board. I, I'll get text messages from friends about it. They, they are concerned about the three-star recruits right now, and that's who's primi- primarily coming to campus. I like all the guys that they're looking at, but do you guys understand where that concern is coming from, and do you share Absolutely. any of, of that? Josh, you do? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I understand where the concern's coming from, and I would be concerned as well as a Florida State fan. But in the same breath, you have to understand where FSU's at, where they're coming from, and where they're going. And also the, the pool of talent that's available uh, right now, isn't really the time to fret over FSU, not being involved in four and five stars that, you know, that, that work has been done a long time ago. So now the, the, the focus is forward. And yes, from, from, a, if you take a step back, the talent level needs to be increased. What Florida state's doing right now is not doing anything to close. I shouldn't say anything, but it's not closing the gap on Clemson. It's not closing the gap on where FSU wants to be, but it's it's, it's widening. In fact, Josh, right? Like Clemson's putting together a miraculous class. Yes. You have to come back. has got to start somewhere, Brendan. Right. And and FSU has been sliding. So hopefully, and we'll see only time will tell. I'm not saying this is happening, but does, is this where FSU stems the tide and starts to turn it around? It feels like it is. It feels like they're going to start recruiting better, but it's only going to be, you know, they're only going to recruit as well as they do on the field. All right. Anything to add to that, fellas, Zachary? No, I would just kind of agree that there's not a lot of like options for them. Obviously, there were a couple that we, you know, we noted back at like the, the Under Armour games, like those offensive linemen, um, like like a Marcus Henderson or a mm-hmm. Roderick Jones. But you know, Florida State, even you know, they're they're just not competing with these types of schools, and it, it's not because of this new staff. It's just because of where Florida State is right now in the recruiting landscape. Yeah, when you're competing against, it's kind of sobering in a way, like the reality check of you're not Georgia or Alabama, and and frankly, you hadn't been in that level in a few years now. So, and if and if in two years the Florida State staff isn't there, then it'll be a problem. You know, then we can talk about what the staff is doing or not doing to recruit at a high enough level. I think people have also failed to fully grasp early signing period and how it's changed the whole landscape. Mm -hmm. Supply and demand is completely different now. There's just not a whole lot of high-level guys available. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are demanded by the higher-level schools, and FSU is not one of those right now. It's the reality of the situation. FSU is doing a good job evaluating guys, getting guys that are attainable. And I think that's a key for them here right now with closing up this transition class. Mm-hmm. Going forward, it's about recruiting at a higher level. And I think that's understood by people within the building. And I, to Chris's point, like I like the evaluation. Like I like all three guys that are on campus this weekend. I, I like Davis. I like Lundy. I like Williams. Uh, I love Kaufman. I think his tape's great. I'd be disappointed if he goes to to Ole Miss, uh, which is where he seems to be leaning right now. I hope they do get him. So I, I like what the staff is doing with what it can do. I think you guys provide good perspective there. That what probably like twenty percent of the blue chip kids were available going into the the second half of the recruiting period. Maybe maybe that. Well, I mean, if you look through the top one hundred, I think it's roughly eight to ten kids. So, le- so less. But than most that. of them are tied to a Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. One kid, Jordan Birch, is tied to South Carolina. But if he's flipping, it's going to be LSU or Clemson. It's not going to be an FSU. You know, Jameer Gibbs is a guy who moved up into the top one hundred because of a late emergence. Great senior film. FSU tried to get in there. They couldn't. I mean, it's just sort of, it is what it is to make it very simple. Okay. Some other recruiting tidbits uh, before we take a break. Let's see here. 
All right, let's start off with this one. Uh, we're going to go through the guys who were supposed to be official visiting, no longer. Uh, let's start with Dejon Edwards from uh, from Colquitt County. Commits to Georgia. The running back was a guy who we thought was like a silent commit to Florida State for a while under the last staff. Christopher, what what do we got on him? And, and do you think? Well, let me ask you this: Was he he was supposed to come in this weekend? Was he a take for Florida State? I don't think we legitimately know that or not. You know, truthfully, never found out under the new staff if he definitely was. I personal feeling never felt like they were in love with him. Um, as a new staff, I know it was very slow when they first got hired with him, and I guess it picked up a little bit enough for him to schedule the official, but it never felt like he was a guy that FSU was overwhelmingly in pursuit of this time around. With Georgia, Kirby Smart went in home, shut it down, got him committed. Yeah, Georgia, he was always a backup plan for them to Zachary Evans and the craziness of that, but they got that handled and done. Okay, next up, let's see. We got Jalen St. John, another uh, offensive lineman that FSU was looking at. He uh, he was supposed to visit this weekend, ends up not going to. Uh, Josh, what do you have on on Mr. St. John? Uh, just came up, came down to FSU filling up. Chris has mentioned it numerous times on here that he sees Jalen St. John as more of a guard. And then once they landed Robert <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Chris moving somebody to a position. And once they, you know, once they landed Robert Scott, who's more of a true tackle, the need for Jalen St. John to kind of squint your eyes and maybe see him as a tackle evaporated. And, you know, this week we saw the visit was canceled. So um, they're just moving on from him. Okay. And then Zachary, the last guy who was supposed to visit no longer on the docket, maybe kind of a similar situation. That's Chris Abrams drain from Alabama, three-star wide receiver crew. Uh, What's the scoop on him? Oh, guys, Chris is up looking out the window. He's looking out the window. I'm just Who's sitting, sitting, oh. sitting as dead. Okay, sorry. Sorry, go, okay. go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, like you said, um, kind of a filling up kind of deal here. I think this was directly related to Tennessee or Florida State flipping Tennessee wide receiver commit um, Darion Williamson earlier in this week. I think after that, they realized, you know, they already got someone in, in, for the, you know, fill, to fill out this recruiting class in the re- receiver position. And I think it's either they add Wyman or they just don't add another. And I think, you know, Chris Abrams Green was, was scheduled in for this weekend, but I think after thinking about it, they, they decided to, you know, cancel that visit on, the, on their end. Zach, you mentioned Malachi Wyman. That's going to be a good tease for us. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, Josh is going to give us the latest. Me? On- Why me? Why you? Because you, you got the plug. You got the juice. All right, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. All right, we're back. As promised, Josh has the juiciest Malachi Weidman scoop that there is. Josh, I have some, I have some Malachi Weidman info, not as much as I'd like, but I do. Oh, have so it's some. not juicy. We lied. You made me lie to the people. Thanks. Oh. I was texting literally as the podcast was beginning. I made a board post earlier, so I got a little bit more information, but um, I got a reply. It says, I asked, did Dugans make it in? How did it go? And the quote was, it went great yesterday with a pair of exclamation marks. So um, Malachi Weidman's going to be busy. He has been busy. Oregon came in earlier this week. Yesterday, it was Tennessee's Jeremy Pruitt that did an in-home visit with Weidman in the evening and also Florida State's Ron Dugans. I'm working to confirm. I was told right before the visit it was only going to be Dugans, but I'm still trying to find more information on whether or not he had anybody riding with him. We know Mike Norvell was not there. Mike Norvell visited Malachi Weidman in December in an attempt to lock him down for early signing day. So FSU's head coach was not able to have any face-to-face contact with Weidman during the month of January as Weidman um, did not make it to campus. We know he's not going to make it to campus because he's going to be heading to Ole Miss today. He's going to take his fifth and final visit to Ole Miss this weekend. Um, He's gone to, let's see, it started with Washington State in December. Then he went to Florida State. Then he went to Oregon, Tennessee, and now Ole Miss will be his fifth and final visit. Um, Spoke to a a good source um, on the Tennessee side of things that um, told me that last night in the visit with Weidman, it went well, but Tennessee was hoping for some sort of um, commitment or some sort of word that, you know, Malachi's coming. And I'm told that the Vols did not receive that last night. Um, it's not to say that Malachi won't end up there, but he did not directly tell Jeremy Pruitt last night, I'm coming. Do so, them, do you call them the Vols? The Vols. Isn't that like a, isn't that like, like, a, like a burrowing animal? Vols. I'm not. A, I'm not a Tennessee fan. What do you want me to say? I'm doing my best here. It's the bowl and tears. <laughs> so today, Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin is pulling double duty. He's going to do. Um, he's going to do an in-home or in-school visit with Weidman today in the morning, and then Weidman will board a plane and head to Oxford for his official visit. So Lane Kiffin get a lot of face time. Um, I haven't heard of Ole Miss as being a real threat, but we'll see if the power play here by Lane Kiffin can make them uh, make them a threat. We'll see. Right now, my crystal ball is still on Florida State. If for those that are crystal ball watchers, I haven't made a move yet. Um, I, my opinion goes back and forth, man. It, just from the outside, it doesn't look like if I didn't have a source close to Weidman's recruitment, I would think for sure he's flipping. The only reason I think. Florida state has a chance is because I keep being told, you know, don't change my pick. Just keep it where it's at. And how do you guys feel? I I thought he was going to flip since signing day when he didn't sign, but I don't know. I woke up this morning. I was driving down, driving down to do the podcast. And I got this feeling Florida state's going to keep him. How about that? I don't have feelings there. I dedicate all my feelings. I'm the only Christopher Wall and Dejon Edwards going to Georgia. Ooh. Chris, you know how close I am to you right now to, to pulling off the the king of the the king of the hill for this uh, this year's recruiting class. You just pulled ahead with that one. Though. 
Okay. You hear the toilet flushing in the background? I do. I that's, love that's, this that's, facility. That's my chance of beating you in the crystal ball race. All right. All right. We done here? Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Move, moving on. Hey, do you know Lane Kiffin? You mentioned Lane Kiffin. He moves out of Florida. Now, all of a sudden, all the bar Louis are closing down. Just saying. Hey. Hey. All right. Robert Scott. So, Florida State went by to see Robert Scott on Wednesday evening. It was Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins that uh, dropped thir- on him. Thursday evening. I'm sorry. Thursday evening. Get I, it right. I, I'm, I'm tired. Get it boss. right. I'm tired. Yeah, it was last evening. I'm sorry. We reported it last evening. Days just start running together. Seven days become ten. You know, that's how this is looking. <laughs> they do. Um, main thing with Scott, Ole Miss was still making a play there, but it was from all reports dead on live support dead. So um, I don't think there's anything concerned. FSU's going to sign Robert Scott. He When he made a decision, he made his final decision. Okay. A um, few more recruiting nuggets here before we get to uh, some other no. 2022 visitors. Zach will do that for us in a few minutes. Uh, guys, round of applause for Demory Tate. Gets his his fifth star from 24-7. It's funny. I, so much of it, listening to Charles Thank Power, you. Barton Simmons, and them talk about it, came down to him making the jump with them at the opening. Mm-hmm. And I think he reinforced that when they saw him at the All-Star event at the end of the season. But the opening is what opened their eyes to him being more than they thought he was. And they were high on him. They always were high on him. But, you know, there's a certain crescendo. We're moving up like that in the end. Tate's worth it. Athletically, he's off the charts. He does have some stuff to learn from playing the position. He's been more of an athlete in high school on a pretty bad football team. So he's going to have to come in here and have a bit of a learning curve. First time in college playing defensive back type thing. But uh, the ceiling is five-star good. Like, I agree with that ranking all day. Uh, credit, oh, two things. One, we mentioned it before when, when oh, you see someone else. Every time Chris out, looks out the window, I get excited. Just stretching. All right, it's like Pavlovian dog here. Start drooling. Recruit, recruit. Uh, Demory Tate, one credit to Odell Hagens. Uh, people were saying that Odell was washed and FSU's first five star in how you many need years? cut that out, Brendan. Why? They need to, yeah, they need to stop it. I thought you said I need to cut it out. No, no, you need to. I mean, that needs to be something that you make sure doesn't happen on our site. There is no Odell slander on our site. Uh, yeah, we're, we're shutting it down. I didn't like it when it was happening, but now I can throw in this as, yeah. uh, as fuel to the fire. Uh, the other thing, I know we like to take shots at the last half and, and their no, we don't. deficiencies. I mean, we, we've done it enough. Maybe we don't enjoy it, but we, we do like to talk about it because it is kind of funny sometimes. But uh, they could evaluate. They evaluated. They were the first team to get on Demory Tate. Uh, they did that pretty well consistently throughout all his tenure. Now, land, landing some of the kids was was more problematic, but but they held on to Demory. I may have been yelled at a time or two, I think, by Odell Higgins for writing about Demory Tate early on. But then everybody was writing about him, so he was fine with it. But he he didn't want that one out. He he, to keep he, it? he liked that he found that one. I think it was them and FAU were like the only two in there very early on. Demory. Uh, Demori told uh, Wayne and I were interviewing him, and we knew FSU was interested in him. I don't think I I didn't know was he made summer known. camp. Right, it was in the summer camp. He had committed. Okay, so it was. But he had told us at the time he's like, "I'm committed." And Wayne and I look at each other like, "You're committed to Florida State?" <laughs> and then we went over to Odell, and Odell's like, "Oh no, 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 no!" and just ran away waving his hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but good on him. Well-deserved. Uh, that's FSU's first five-star. He won't be a composite, right? It doesn't look like I don't it. know where it's going to settle in. All right, it's close. It's like I'm just line. trying to finish yeah, I don't think, class here. I don't, think all the, uh, I don't think all the rankings are in. Yeah, is he, it's, I don't know if ESPN's finalized their rankings. 
I don't pay their rankings any attention, though. So, <laughs> Josh, you, you had a quick update last night on a uh, – an offensive line transfer. Talk about a possible graduate transfer on the offensive line. Talk about Pavlovian dog. Uh, the message board goes crazy every single time that there's someone enters the transfer portal that's over 300 pounds. Donovan Campbell, LSU, what'd you get on him? Not too much, but I okay. did confirm. Well, it, because there's just not too much going on, but I did confirm that FSU reached out to him. There have They have been in contact over the phone. Um, I'm told that, you know, FSU is doing what they can do to get him evaluated right now. And I know what everybody's saying, the roll in their eyes about, Oh, what do we need him evaluated for? He's better than what we've got. You really got to be careful when you're taking these grad transfers. I mean, you got to be careful for two reasons. One, they're going to come in and they're going to, I don't want to say, di- di- um, disrupt chemistry, but anytime you bring somebody in to take somebody else's job, there's going to be something goes on in the locker room. So you guys have to make sure it's worth it. On the other hand, you also have to make sure that he's good enough to play because if you do take a grad transfer, he's coming to your school because he thinks he's going to play immediately. And if he doesn't, if he sits, sits the bench because he's not good enough, he's going to come at you and wonder why you ruined his career because he came here to you know finish his college career and now he's not playing. So you know, you do have to do your due diligence on these, on these grad transfers, even though it seems like it's so easy. And he's a guard as well, so like I, it's not the priority of tackle. Uh, he's only played maybe a hundred snaps in his career, maybe a little bit more than that. Talking about a span of a three-year career, so mm. you know, I know he comes from LSU. I know he has the size. I know he's a former blue chip recruit. Uh, the PFF grades aren't terrible for him. Like he's in the 60s, but he hasn't played a whole lot either. And just like you said, Josh, there, there's vetting. That I guess that has to be done. And, so, you know, and let's also remember, like he hit the portal yesterday morning. Right. People, so, people want it done, man. Like it's not like, crazy to think fixed. that like FSU's out on the road recruiting. They got a big visit weekend coming up. That that even though they want to get them evaluated as soon as possible, that it might take more than ten minutes to do. So hold your horses. If something happens, if if this thing does develop, I'll I'll definitely keep you guys updated. He was a member of the 2016 class. FSU did offer him back then. He was ranked number 140 overall and as a number six offensive guard in that class. But a composite. 247 had similar rankings, 160 overall, number six offensive guard, originally from Louisiana. All right, now let's see. Sorry, I'll say this a peek behind the curtain. Chris keeps looking out the window. I thought I'd be able to handle it, but, like, <laughs> I, I can't. You can't. I can't. It's just my anxiety is, is bubbling. Uh, okay, let me get back in focus here. Zachary. You put together a nice running list throughout this entire recruiting process. Really, you're killing it, man. But as we finalize it here, we talk about the official visits this weekend for Florida State. There are some underclassmen and and some really good ones coming in. Uh, Would you like to kind of go down the the list? Do you have that in front of you of of guys you've confirmed that are coming in this weekend? Yeah, I do. And, like, the thing I'll start with um, just for the the underclassmen visitors is I think it's it's going to become a trend with this new um, February dead period for recruiting that, you know, January is going to be an important month to get these kids on campus because February used to be, you know, when schools really started to do their, or, you know, held their first junior days for the recruiting season um, for that underclassmen uh, group. And I think with this, with this new dead period in place, that first weekend in March and, you know, these last two weekends in January are very important. I think Florida State's taking advantage of that. Um, you know, going into visitors, 
I'd say, um, you know, one of the groups that's coming up is kind of like a tour group, but it's from Deerfield Beach. You know, obviously they produce really good uh, talent out there. Uh, some of the guys I would note from that group are uh, three-star cornerback Philip O'Brien Jr. Um, he's he's been here in the past. Ron Dugans is the main connect there. They've been in contact a lot, so I think getting him on campus is always great. He's got a huge offer list with you know all the all the big schools involved. Not sure where he stands with this new staff. I knew I knew the last coaching staff was very high on him. So we'll see coming out of the visit what what he says. But uh, also um, also in that group is four star running back. Uh, everyone calls him down there, Jazz Patterson. He's going to be the next big thing at Deerfield Beach um, coming out of that running back group after you know Jalen Knighton. Um, I know that's a sad name for Florida State fans, but. Jalen Knighton came out last year. I think he's going to be next up. He's already rated in the top 100 for our recruiting rankings in 2022. And then two guys to note on that on that defensive line at Deerfield Beach are Richard Thomas. He came from American Heritage, just transferred over um, to Deerfield Beach for the spring. He's like a, a strong side end type. Um, I, I like him a lot. Uh, actually discovered him a couple of years ago uh, with Larry Bluestein down at one of his camps. And then nose guard Alton Tabor. He's going to be a big time guy. Um, he's got all the offers that you'd look for Alabama. All, all the big timers have gone in on him early. Going to be one of those top guys coming out of 2022 at the nose guard position. Um, you know, other guys to know, uh, Florida state offered Alabama running back, Joseph McKay earlier this week. He scheduled a visit for this weekend. Um, three-star running back. I, I, you know, we'll see what, what, what he says after after the trip, but I'm I'm interested to see where he is on their board. Um, and then I know Brendan likes this name. Quarterback Holden Gariner is expected in this weekend. He's a guy that um, Florida State offered first uh, with their last staff. Um, I guess we'll see what this new staff thinks of him. I'm, I doubt they're you know very far into 2020 recruiting with at the quarterback position, but I'm sure they've evaluated him already. Um, and then there's a couple other guys we'll we'll get into you know up over this weekend and we'll provide updates uh, on Saturday and Sunday when when these kids uh, depart from their visits. That was a great job, Zach. It's pronounced Gagnier, though you got to say French wise Gagnier. Right. Can can Zach call recruits kids? Yeah, Zach's we'll like have 50. Updates we've on these deter- kids. Yeah, we've determined that Zach's yeah, older I can. than I'm older. I'm older than them now. <laughs> okay. He's a, that is true. He's officially older than them now. <laughs> kids these days. Hey, guys, we're wrapping Dude, up man. here. <laughs> we're wrapping up. Uh, any crystal balls that we want to tease? Anyone got balls dropping other than Zach and I? I'm probably dropping some balls this afternoon. Ooh. Stay tuned. All right. All right. We'll check back, check back at Moles 24-7 to see where uh, – where Josh's balls landed. Chris, you're not playing our game? Nah, I'm, I'm close on TJ Davis going into the weekend. He's a guy I probably feel the most confident. I feel, like you're, gonna drop the, I feel like you're going to drop the crystal ball as soon as you see him in person. And if he's like 6'3", you're going to just go for it. If he's, <laughs> if he's legit got the build, you're like, all right, let's do it. I'm very, I'm very, uh, I don't know how to describe my usage of the crystal ball, but I'm very conservative. Well, I'm not scared to be the first. Kind of like everything else that you use. Yeah. He's, yeah. I'm not scared to be the first, but I'm also not in a rush. All right. <laughs> For all there you the have things, it, folks. Beautiful. It's the magic behind Chris Knee's crystal balls. And yeah, that's uh, it's, it's poetry in motion here. He looked, he looked really pleased with that, too. All right. For Chris Knee, 
Zach Blostein and Josh Newberg, guys, thanks for joining me. Everyone, thanks for listening. I appreciate the five-star reviews on iTunes. Someone gave me a three-star review, like me. They said they didn't like Brandon. <laughs> he annoyed the, it would be a five-star show. It's a three-star for FSU, buddy. Congrats. <laughs> You're right there with us. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back uh, after this weekend.